0: Welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. We are back, and we truly did not mean to be gone for as long as we were gone. Well,
1: we had a whole show that was recorded.
0: We did. So let, let's actually, let's go back, what is it, three weeks now that we have to go back because we missed that many shows? We only missed two shows. We missed two shows. Okay. So the, the first show we missed, we fully planned on doing a show. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing some traveling that week. Um, or that weekend, but we knew we were going to be back in time to record a show that afternoon. Unfortunately, a chain of very early morning flights in both directions, plus a long weekend, meant that when we got back and it was time for us to record, we were so shot that we could barely keep our eyes open. So we chose sleeping instead. And we, we kind of figured that, well, you know, we'll We can miss a week. It's fine. We'll be back the following week. It's not a problem. So, okay. Fast forward to last weekend, where we watched and were amazed that that race was as good as it was, because we expected it to be a dog, and sat down in all of our excitement to go and record and... And recorded a whole show. We did, but admittedly, about three quarters of the way through, I took a look over at our software and said, huh, that doesn't look right. Now we're going through with it anyway, because I don't feel like going and starting over again, especially since we were three quarters of the way through the show. And then we got to the end of the show and discovered that what we recorded was utterly unusable.
1: So what I want to tell you was that that show last week was was the easily the best show we have ever done and we're We're better alive
0: and we've got to just right now thank even though you won't get to hear them we do have to thank pete bonnington and lewis hamilton for spending time with us and sharing we're sorry we couldn't salvage any of the recording hopefully we'll get them again the best part about that was we had them live in studio i know it was killer
1: i know (laughs) (laughs) i gotta tell you that story that lewis told Oh my! I mean, seriously, did you well, it ever? Was,
0: it was hearing his side of the story of how he first met James Allison in the Mercedes garage. True. Fantastic.
1: True. I mean, and the the hand motions, the interpretive <laughs> dance, it was amazing. Well, that
0: that never would have carried through anyway. I mean, we are an audio podcast. I know. We, we refuse to shoot video, so that that part just unnecessary.
1: Yeah. So unfortunately you missed all of that. And um so now you get
0: this. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Something like that. <laughs>
1: Alrighty. So then, of course, week three. This almost became the podcast that didn't happen this week. We still were having technical difficulties.
0: Yeah. That was what, a good hour or so we're trying to figure out what was going
1: on there? A very painful hour. But you have solved the problem. You mended it.
0: Many choice four-letter words were uttered repeatedly.
1: Work, dang it, was what you kept saying.
0: <laughs> um, a little stronger than that, but it, and repeatedly, but we, we're beyond that. They will not be repeated for the sake of our clean rate. You were not that. Use, gef- use your imagination. Insert choice four-letter words here.
1: You didn't, though. (laughs) You do not have the potty mouth of the two of us. So, anyway, I know that Formula One is on their mandatory summer break.
0: And on one hand, we understand it, we get it, we like it. Every so often, there's some neat promo stuff that comes out from the teams. And on the other hand, now we got to figure out what to do for the next three weeks or two weeks. To vamp.
1: Well, good news is we haven't had a show for two weeks, so we could just recycle some of that content.
0: We could. We're, we're not going to recycle all of it. There, there's, and, and like I said, you, you missed out on on Lewis and Pete. Sorry. I know. But anyway, um, first of all, and and I know everybody was on the edge of their seats about this. The inaugural W series and uh, wrapped up. This past week.
1: Wait a minute. It started?
0: It did. And and we, we did mention it because we also mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Jamie Chadwick, who was leading the series, that if she won, would take home more for racing in this series than Lando Norris would in Formula One. For True. Sure. True. Which, for the record, means that she got, because she did win the series this past weekend, um, she got $500,000.
1: That's a nice chunk of change.
0: It is. Um, It also means that um, should the series run next year, which they're shooting to run next year, she is guaranteed to run in it next
1: year. Oh, nice.
0: What it does not seem to be guaranteeing is any further motor racing opportunities.
1: I thought it came with a test.
0: I don't see anything from Autosport mentioning that. I think that was one of the goals but I don't see confirmation that that occurred.
1: I thought there was I thought that was part of the prize money or the prize was that there was a top tier test or a test in a team or something but
0: And unfortunately in the autosport article they don't show the full standings just for the most recent race because I really really want to know how well Sabre Cook did. Oh, you're very concerned. Great name. Not as good as Stingray Rob. Actually, I now that I see that, was she running last year in um, Pro Mazda? There was a girl running in the races last year with the first name of Sabre. There was.
1: How many Sabres could be out there?
0: Yeah. I, I'm wondering now.
1: We'll have to go look if it that, up. If
0: that's, we'll, we'll have to go check that out. So we'll hey, fact check ourselves and report back later. Maybe if we remember.
1: Yeah, it's going to be an hour of the show. It's a good chance <laughs> he'll forget by then.
0: So, congratulations, Jamie, on winning the inaugural W Series. We
1: we'll look forward to having her in studio the next time our gear goes down.
0: I don't know. We may not have her in studio. We may do it remote. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I conference you're in.
1: Having them in the studio is quite cool.
0: Jamie, call me. We'll, we'll, we'll work this out.
1: Your people talk to her people. and Yeah. Too bad you don't have people.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway.
0: So over to IndyCar. And there's a really good reason why we have to talk about IndyCar this week. Um, for starters, um, and, and in, initially this seems like a setback, but it actually is not. IndyCar has announced that they are delaying their shift to the next engine formula. It will now happen in 2022. And the reason for this is because they want to move to hybrid power. Oh. They want to do something very similar to um, the Formula One technology. So they're looking at a multi-phase motor, inverter, and an electric storage device for creating energy recovery from the car's braking system. So... M-G-U-K, but maybe not an M-G-U-H. No, okay. Um, The reason why they want to do this and why they're hoping to do it is they want to try and get more manufacturers into the series. They want more than just Chevy. I mean, it's a great battle between Chevy and Honda, but that's all it is is—a Chevy and Honda. So they are hoping that this will entice some more manufacturers in. I don't know who else is working... Who is working on hybrid power. I mean, you've got Nissan. You've got... Honda is. They've got the the Insight. Chevy's pretty much killed off their program. Ford, I don't think, is making any more hybrids. They're moving into the trucks and they're trying to kill off their sedan business. Hmm. So, I don't know... I mean... Maybe Nissan, but I don't think Nissan's ever shown an interest in in IndyCar. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea for them to make this move. I'm just not sure if it's going to work the way they want it to in terms of encouraging manufacturers.
1: Well, with luck, or hopefully, they've been talking to somebody that was saying... I'd be interested in getting in, but I only am going to do it if it's a hybrid.
0: And that may be. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so the the plan is that the technology would be used from twenty twenty two through at least twenty twenty seven. At which point they would look at another formula change and see if they would tweak it. I, I, I can't imagine that once they go to it, they're going to they would completely abandon the technology. But there would be some of that happening. Okay. The other big announcement, and and to some extent, I'm really surprised at this announcement. Because I kind of thought that after this year's Indianapolis 500, this wasn't going to happen. Okay, McLaren has announced that in 2020, they will, in fact, be running a full season of IndyCar, in addition to Formula One. McLaren? McLaren.
1: The ones that couldn't even get their car on the grid at the Indy Five Hundred this year,
0: correct. So they have announced that they have entered a partnership with Arrow Schmidt Peterson Motorsports, and they will be running two Chevy powered cars. So for those of you that are not familiar, Arrow Schmidt Peterson Motorsports, um, their current drivers are former F one driver Marcus Erickson and James Hinchcliffe.
1: Marcus Erickson, the man who won me lots of points last year in Fantasy GP.
0: He did, and there is no Fantasy IndyCar that I know of. No. And I'm sure if you told Marcus this, he would have no idea what you're talking about.
1: I don't care. The bewildered look on that boy's <laughs> face would be worth every second of it.
0: Um, So it, it will be a Chevy-powered car. We know that. And that well, brings off...
1: It's a Chevy-powered car because McLaren and Honda had a bitter divorce.
0: Yeah. And I think we mentioned, uh, or we tried to mention in one of the aborted shows, um, how badly Fernando Alonso managed to burn that bridge with Honda.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, apparently, well, actually, we tried to mention it in our last show when... Max Verstappen won the second race. Right. Honda put out a tweet that said that that's GP2 wins for Honda. <laughs> and then in the comments, corrected it and said, oh, it was autocorrect. We mean two GP wins. Right. <laughs> Firing that shot squarely at Fernando Alonso. So the next question becomes, well, what about drivers? because Fernando's not doing anything. Fernando wants to win the Indy 500. So, Zach Brown has first off come out and said that we are not currently considering Fernando as part of this effort. However, if Fernando wanted to come back, we would be willing to talk to him at least about the Indy 500.
1: Very interesting, because... In the show that wasn't a show last week, we also talked about how um, Zach Brown, Fernando was talking about possibly wanting to come back to Formula One. Yeah. And Zach's answer was, we welcome him back at Formula One. With somebody else. With
0: us, another team. Well, it, it was the, if he wants to go and pursue with somebody else, he's welcome to do that. But it ain't going to be with us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, because and, and we did have that show, that we did record that you all did hear that because that's where we started the first list of potential candidates to replace Roman Grosjean, who we have added a candidate to it in in the absence of the show. Oh, as you will recall, in that fantastic, I believe it was the German Grand Prix, who was waving the checkered flag, <gasps> Simon Pagenaud. Yes. So that is our prediction, is it, or, or we're adding to the list. He's not necessarily our prediction, but we are adding him to the list of potential candidates being considered to replace Roman Grosjean at Haas. Yes. So we have, mind you,
1: I'm on that list
0: also. <laughs> we have you. We have Fernando Alonso, Pietro Fittipaldi. Um, oh, who else did we have? We had Renus VK, uh, Esteban Ocon was the other one. Yes. And now Simon Pagenaud. Yes.
1: I definitely think I have a chance. You know, we should possibly add, because it would make the news, mm-hmm. the winner of the W Series, Jamie.
0: Jamie Chadwick? I, You know, I, I don't know, because I haven't heard anything around her with Haas at all. I think more likely a Williams move. But- Maybe Jamie is the person being considered to... Um,
1: Replace Khabibsa?
0: Yeah, to replace Robert Khabibsa over at Williams.
1: That's interesting. That would definitely be an interesting move. But okay, we haven't heard anything about Rena Spk with Haas, or Simon Pagano with Haas. So yeah. you can't eliminate her because you haven't heard a rumor. But
0: both are running in series in the U.S. and Haas is an American team. Yes. That That's that's the link. Jamie doesn't have that link.
1: No, she doesn't. Maybe it's Saber. Awesome story.
0: Maybe Saber. <laughs> so the the other questions is around the drivers over at Schmidt Peterson. Um, the challenge with James Hinchcliffe, he's a he's very closely aligned with Honda.
1: He is. He uh, stumps for them in all sorts of commercials.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that has been confirmed around this agreement is. Schmidt-Peterson said, um, because if you recall, when Robert Wickens had his, his accident, he was driving for, for Schmidt-Peterson. Um, Schmidt-Peterson has confirmed that the agreement still stands that if Robert should recover to the point that he can once again drive an car, he will be welcomed to the new McLaren-Schmidt-Peterson team.
1: Okay. I think that sounds awesome from a PR standpoint. Yeah. I, but let's I agree. Review. I agree. On the likelihood scale, probably pretty low. There's no need for them to, you know, pay a lawyer to cut the agreement when it's probably not going to happen. I agree. Now, as we talk about lawyers cutting agreements, mm-hmm. I see a pretty boy's face on your screen right now. So Valteri, huh? Valteri.
0: <laughs> well, The word came out heading into Hungary that uh, Mercedes has yet to make a decision on Valtteri and is considering very strongly replacing Valtteri with Esteban Ocon.
1: Okay, but where is that rumor actually coming from? Because it's not coming from Mercedes.
0: It is coming from Mercedes. Oh, really? Really? It is coming from Mercedes.
1: Have they said that Valtteri Toto is Wolf a really has, nice guy yet?
0: Total Wolf has said it himself that they are considering, they have not made a decision on Valtteri yet. Um, Esteban Ocon is in the picture as a potential candidate for the seat and that they would let Valtteri know. I think they gave him a date of like by spa or, or at the weekend of spa of what they were going to do. Well, and w- about the same time that this had happened formula 1's own marketing emails put out that Valtteri's seat was in, in jeopardy
1: so on one hand i really i like valtteri i like the lewis valtteri mix lewis mm-hmm. spoke highly of him when he was here um and talked about the collaboration that was between the two of them and how they worked together it was really awesome it was a bonding moment I'm not letting it go. (laughs) (laughs) Just let's go with that. I'm not letting it go. Um, But on the other hand, let's be really frank for a second. Valtteri's not pulling his weight. He's definitely (sighs) punching below where that car should be.
0: Yes and no. Yeah. His race pace has not been great. He's he's won races. Mhm. Um when he has fallen back, Lewis has been strong, but on several occasions when Lewis has been weak, Valtteri has been strong. Yes. And I think up until maybe two races ago, Valtteri still had had the the qualifying numbers on Lewis even if he didn't have the race numbers.
1: He he has been out-qualifying so, Lewis, which has been a little shocking.
0: Mhm.
1: But He's been falling back, and you know we came out of last year. He wasn't second in the championship,
0: and and I think that's the the thing is I don't think he's currently second in the championship now at this point.
1: I think he is,
0: um, or Max is getting kind of close to overtaking him, dangerously close to overtaking him, um, and, and yeah, that that that's a big concern. Um, the other thing. To make this muddier, and I know that Toto has not said that he is considering um, anybody other than Esteban and and Valtteri, but Daniel Ricciardo is also sitting on a one-year contract. Ricciardo is. And Daniel Ricciardo's contract is apparently specifically worded that if Mercedes or Ferrari were to come to him and offer him a seat he could depart without any problem.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, there, there is a clause in there that allows Daniel to, that that apparently streamlines that, that exit from Renault to go to either Mercedes or Ferrari.
1: The move up clause, apparently.
0: Yeah, something like that. Now, I don't necessarily know, especially with Ocon there, I don't necessarily know if they would move, if Mercedes would have an interest in in grabbing Daniel, but I got to kind of wonder if Ferrari may be thinking about it to replace Seb.
1: I really will be interested to see what happens with Seb. I think Seb's done. I just don't know if Seb knows he's done yet.
0: But the other piece, and and, and this this is where I've got to kind of tailor it, is... Yes, Charles Leclerc, when he's on, has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. And he is impressive, and he is shocking, and he looks to be an exciting talent for the future. But he's far from perfect yet. He's making a lot of mistakes. And that's something that he's got to sort out. He might be able to get away with it for the rest of the season as long as Seb's doing worse. But if Seb starts to pick up or if he gets paired with somebody else and they're not making these mistakes, he's going to be in trouble. It doesn't matter how exciting he seems to be and how great people are talking about him and how much of a nice guy he is. He's got to stop making these mistakes.
1: Well, I think that that's youth shining through. And so as he finds his path I think it'll be. I think it will get better.
0: Now back to Valteri. He does say that he is exploring other options should he not be retained by Mercedes for 2020. Um, He is not saying what they are, but he says that you know if you still want to race in Formula One and you're in this kind of a situation, you need to have a plan B and possibly a plan C. He has not said what those are, and you know it, it. It would not surprise me if. He's got feelers out to Haas, and if he didn't have feelers out to eat, potentially even going back to Williams. That I, would be interesting. Yeah.
1: I, I, given where Williams is on the the grid, I think he would try to shoot for something better. But, yeah, you know, <clears throat> we've talked a lot about whether or not Hulkenberg is, is going to hold on to his seat at Renault. I mean, that would be another option for Valtteri. There are feelers and spots that people would want Valtteri. Yeah. Even if he came out of Mercedes.
0: Yeah, it's a question of how far down the grid is Valtteri willing to go. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other side of the, the coin. So, again, really good driver. Driver who's really pulling their weight, really carrying a team, Max Verstappen, paired with somebody who, um, not even close to Valtteri's caliber. Yeah. Not even close to carrying his side of the weight, Pierre Gasly, which, you know, a lot of folks thought, and, and I think even to some extent, we thought that possibly it was a little quick for Pierre to bring him up. I mean, he had some promising results. Yep. But certainly, if you looked at and, and I understand why and, and what happened there, but if you think about it, it probably would have been a much better choice to bring up Carlos instead of letting him escape Renault to McLaren. Bring Carlos up into that seat at Red Bull as opposed to Pierre.
1: I, I, I just don't know because they have access to data we don't
0: have. They do. But if you look at where Carlos is in a lesser car compared to Pierre in a Honda that Verstappen is doing so much better in, you got to figure this out. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and at this point, even Christian Horner is saying that it is time for Pierre that he needs to get his stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, as he said talking from about Hungary was that the start wasn't great. The first lap wasn't great. And this I think is the the big telling piece right here. We shouldn't be racing Sauber's meaning Alfa Romeo because he does it, but we shouldn't be racing Sauber's and McLaren's. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, when you look at what Verstappen did, he's kind of right.
1: Well, Verstappen has definitely found maturity and is doing his thing.
0: I don't know about the maturity piece. He's more mature
1: than he was last year. He
0: certainly figured out how to get the best out of that car. That's what I will say.
1: He's more mature than he was last year. Maybe. I think he's more mature. I didn't say, you know, he's a grown-up yet. But I think he's more mature.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Now, for right now, Red Bull is saying that uh, they don't have any plans to fire him. Okay. They say he needs to improve, but it is not their plan to get rid of him. I still question as to whether or not he's going to be around for 20. Um, I, I would be... On on one hand I would be stunned if they kept him with this level of performance. On the other I'm they don't really have anybody else to step in. I mean si- signs they have lost him. McLaren's already confirmed that that Carlos and Lando are their drivers for 20. They they confirmed that going into Silverstone. ticktum has been fired. So there's nobody to feed into Toro Rosso. Who are you going to bring up? Kvyat?
1: hmm I know.
0: I mean, yes. It would be a huge story to bring for Daniel Kvyat to get fired from, from the entire organization, be brought back in desperation, get himself a podium. I know. And then get brought back to Red Bull. It would be an amazing story. I will give you that. I'm not entirely sure that... I don't the- think Helmut would go for it. Well, there's that, but there's also the fact that I'm not entirely sure that the characteristics that caused him to get fired in the first place have not gone away.
1: Mm. We'll see. We'll see what they do. And I mean,
0: Albin's a good driver. I don't think he's ready yet either.
1: Uh, keep in mind, I think Red Bull has gotten themselves in a situation where they're bringing people up that are not ready.
0: Yeah, and. and I applaud them for the development program. It's a great idea. It works really well. But the problem is, as we're seeing, if the timing doesn't work 100% that you can't continue to cycle drivers through, either you end up with a backlog of really good drivers who you just can't promote. You know, kind of like we saw with jean Eric Verne and... him getting stuck and some of the other folks that have churned through in the past. Or you end up with drivers that just have no business being in Formula One, getting up into that junior series and then going nowhere, or or into the junior team of Toro Rosso and going nowhere.
1: Well, exactly. But you spent five years, five, six Mm -hmm. years, with Vettel and Weber sitting, Vettel Weber and then Vettel Ricardo sitting up in that top team.
0: And just churning through folks at Toro Rosso season after season.
1: And you got to think about what talent got missed because they didn't have an opportunity. Yeah. You know, in our amount of driving this weekend, we were listening to uh, On the Grid with Tom Clarkson. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I got from a couple of interviews that we listened to was how incredibly important timing is.
0: Yeah, both Jackie Ix and uh, Alex Vertz. The yes, two of them.
1: the The timing of having that opportunity—you can be an incredible driver—and both of them were considered to be incredible drivers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can be this incredible driver, but if the seat's not available in the team that's on the rise at the right time, yeah. You miss.
0: Yeah. And Red Bull does... If anything, I think Red Bull exacerbates the problem. Yeah. So, other news. We knew that the the Mexican Grand Prix was in jeopardy uh, after, I think they lost their federal funding. It was the government funding that they had. However, they have managed a, a private firm... Has managed to, uh, or or the they've managed to get private funding to secure the race. Um, So the Mexican Grand Prix will continue for another three years, Um, and Mexico City, even though they're not funding it anymore, has said that they are they are thrilled that the race will be remaining. Okay, so uh, maybe they can make the racing a little better. But I mean, mean, we we've had some decent starts, but then it just kind of mellows out. Yeah, but it's a dramatic looking race. With it that is stadium. I'll and give you that.
1: Keep in mind, it adds an element of altitude that is not common in many other races.
0: Well, it's the fact that they run cars <laughs> in a high track in a high drag configuration, and yet they have less drag than the low drag configuration at Monza. Yeah, that's that's what's kind of amazing. Um, according to Chase Carey. Formula One is making steps forward in ongoing talks over a future Miami Grand Prix. You know, this is going to be just like the race in New Jersey. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Hey, look, we brought the Red Bull car down. We're going to do it. We're going to. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. He he says that that it it's happening. Um, he says a lot of it. A lot of the issues that they had with them being in downtown Miami and where they originally wanted to be, and it was uh, promoter RSE Ventures was who was going to be promoting the race. Um, it was th- that the residents didn't want the, the race in, in downtown, never mind the fact that I think everybody looked at it and said, wow, this is going to be a really boring track. I know. Um, so instead, they are moving it to... Um, all right. I can't use the, the, the new name for the stadium. I just, it I, it will always be Pro-Robbie Stadium. If, if I want to be generous, it will always be Joe Robbie Stadium, because that's what it really is. I mean, we only called it Pro-Player Park, because... Pro-Player bought the
1: rights. Yeah. And we also called it, not Pro-Player, but pro Pro-Robbie. Robbie.
0: Well, now it is apparently the Hard Rock American Football Stadium.
1: And that just screams Formula One track to me. Doesn't it? Kind of sounds like it's going to be an autocross race.
0: Well, yeah, they're they're going to put it... As we mentioned last time, they're talking about running it in the parking lot.
1: I think that we really have a problem that... Chase Carey has not reviewed what happened the last time Formula One was in a parking lot.
0: Well, you know, it, it, it's not just that. And, and, and to be clear, the reason why they're looking at moving over to the the former Pro-Robbie Stadium parking lot is because RSC owns the stadium. So they don't and have a, a problem. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm not completely sure that they're not going to have the issue with the residents over there Two? I mean, yes, they're used to having the stadium and what goes on there, but there's a lot of single-family homes over in that area in two counties mm-hmm. because it sits on the county line as opposed to a bunch of high-rise buildings. I I don't know. um, But the, the question, it's not just a matter of, well, look at how much success or how great it was the last time Formula One ran a race in a parking lot. How about... Any time a single-seater open wheel, or a single-seater series, professional series, top tier series, has hosted a race in a parking lot.
1: It's not a good plan.
0: Because was it IndyCar or Champ Car actually, it was probably IndyCar. The Grand Prix of Washington, almost 20 years ago, ran in the parking lot of RFK Stadium. They did it for two years before the the city kicked them out because the residents didn't like it. And I don't think it was great racing. So I, uh, yeah, I'm not holding my breath on this one.
1: I think it's a bad idea, Chase. Find a different option.
0: Well, you know, maybe they can talk to Eyebrows and he can, you know, have, have him run outside Soldier Field <laughs> and break down the cars. <laughs> The tow truck driver being
1: the most impressive part of the
0: the demonstration. With not a Formula One driver driving the cars. Yes. (laughs) He's a famous driver, not a Formula One driver.
1: (laughs) He and I have the same number of Formula One credentials.
0: Formula Formula One races under your belt? Yes. Yes. Um, So this last story. We have tried to tell the story because it, it, it's important enough that we have tried to tell the story for two weeks. And we failed. We're going to do it again this week, which probably means that the rest of this episode is going to get cut off or something ridiculous like this.
1: Maybe, maybe. Conspiracy theory moment. There's a
0: reason why we haven't been able to tell the story. There could be. So, first of all, if you have not heard, it is confirmed that there will be a second season of the Netflix Formula One series, Drive to Survive. And if you did not see the first season, go watch it. It's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, really good insight. And, and the thought of, oh, wait, I remember that. Radio. I remember what happened there. That's kind of... And, and some of the, the behind the scenes look and, and, of course, learning that Gunther Steiner has quite the potty mouth. He <laughs> does. <laughs> he can keep up with most sailors. That's all we're saying. Um, But there it has been confirmed that there will be a second season of the Netflix series Drive to Survive. Um, in conjunction with the, well, what ended up for Mercedes to be the disastrous German Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only did we get word that there was going to be the second series, but this series was going to have all of the teams Because at the German Grand Prix, Mercedes and Ferrari both agreed to allow the Netflix cameras in. Toto Wolff said that, but only for that one race.
1: Right. Because it was going to be the big hoopla. The big
0: hoopla. And and Toto says that he's still very concerned about the distraction that the cameras can cause. And he didn't want them in the way and concerned about seeing things that folks shouldn't see. Um, But I guess... He got word first that Ferrari did it, so he's like, well, Ferrari's going to do it, then we'll do it. And then, of course, we had that race. Yes. I think that's going to be a really, really interesting episode to watch.
1: Well, it depends on if we get to watch it.
0: Well, we'll get to watch it. But the other thing that came out after this is that after that disastrous weekend, reportedly, Lewis said that He wasn't sure he was going to allow the series to use um, the video they shot of him that weekend. Because, well, he was sick and he wasn't at his best and he didn't look well. And it couldn't possibly be because of the absolute disaster that the weekend was. Oh, no, not at all.
1: Okay, in his defense, he was sick. He
0: was sick. I'll give him that. But...
1: He was probably super whiny because he was sick. (laughs) And he probably like thinking back on it goes, that probably does not make me look good. And Lewis is very vain.
0: I mean He can be, yes.
1: We we got that when he was here about, you know, that's why we couldn't take any pictures of him while he was here. He was, you know, he was slumming a little bit. Well
0: that was the thing, was we couldn't take any pictures, but we still had to wait a half hour for him to do his hair before he went on an audio podcast.
1: I told you, he was vain. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make that part up. He was very concerned. There were concerns. Um, you know, he was concerned that the these new microphones of ours that pick up everything would pick up his hair.
0: Wow. I thought it was more, it was the, the dog snoring.
1: The dog doesn't snore. She his off- dogs. Oh, well, yeah.
0: I Mean they're bulldogs, they snore.
1: Yeah, they were well behaved. They are. They 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 laid down and Coco
0: was, was I, I was a little concerned, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Well she doesn't get out as much. She she's she's definitely the more introverted of their two dogs, of the two dogs. But um they romped around in the in the back for a little bit and came in and snored. Our dog off gassed. It was often awesome.
0: It was often,
1: often. Well, yeah, you did that. Awesome. There you go. Words. They're very difficult. Anyway, so he is very vain. So I have to say, (laughs) he's so vain. He thinks this podcast is about him. Thank you. I get that he doesn't want anybody to see him at his worst. It was a bad race. There were bad things that happened. And he ran into a wall. I mean, the poor boy. Give him, cut him some slack.
0: That was a disastrous pit stop. It really was.
1: Okay. It was a disastrous pit stop, but he ran into a wall and immediately came in and timing. It was
0: Keystone Cops.
1: That's what the BBC called it. That's
0: what Jenny Gao called it and Jack Nichols, who had no idea what Keystone Cops were, but Jenny was right. It was. This in and out and in and out. And wait, do I need this? No, wait, do I need that? No, wait, do I need... It, It it was a minute that he sat there for them to figure out what to do. It shouldn't take them a minute to go, oh, wait, we have the wrong tires. Grab Lewis's tires and the front wing. Quick.
1: It took them a minute. It was bad. I get all of that. But the worst part about that story is that Ginny Gale had to explain who the Keystone Cops were.
0: Yeah, there, w- there was that. But, I mean, really, they, they could have played, like, oh, um, they could have played...
1: The some, Benny Hill music? Yeah,
0: the Benny Hill music as they were running You know what I should look and see? I bet you're on YouTube. Somebody's already done it. Mm. Mercedes-Germany pit stop to Denny Hill.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh. However, they came back and did it right with an absolute perfect call in Hungary.
0: It, It was a perfect call and completely... Well, I've been trying to hesitate to, from using the, the, the chess analogy that, that they checkmated Red Bull. But but they really did. It, it was one of those things that they called it exactly at the right moment, the right strategy to bring him in and at a point that Red Bull either responded instantly or they could not respond at all. Mm-hmm. And the reality was... I mean, instantly, they, they had a split second to make that call. And, and by the time they realized what was going on, that split second was gone. Yeah. I mean, it was huge. And, and the only other reason why they were able to pull that, that Mercedes was able to pull that off, was because Ferrari was nowhere. Right. And that's the other big, because to think that Ferrari would not have played a role in the races at this late in the season. And not because of the fact that, like, they hit something, but because they just have no performance.
1: Well, Leclerc did hit something. His name is Valtteri.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> that that wasn't why they were so far back.
1: No, it wasn't why they were so far back. But he did hit something.
0: Yeah. Although there's question as to, was that Leclerc or was that Valtteri? And, it was yeah. Leclerc. It's a racing incident. It was Leclerc and on a racing incident. We shall call it a show. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Are they all gone? Uh, Is is everybody gone? (laughs) Huh?